1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Toon podcast. I am your host, James L. Joined as always by my good friend, Timmy Long. Hi, everyone. Timmy's looking strong, isn't he, lads? Yeah, sure,
2: I am,
1: kid. Great like introduction, tonight. that, lads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's looking Sh- buff. Sean is on the switch. I say hi, Sean. <laughs> I, found, I found the tidest top inside my wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Timmy Boyle washes all his tops. <laughs> Spike O'Sullivan <laughs> is in the audience. Why are you, Spike? Good man, and one of Spike's friends. Yeah. You're, you're the second of Spike's of Pascal's stable. Actually, you're the third. We've had Spike, Eric, I know yourself, Craig O'Brien from Dublin. That's right. You have a fight at the weekend. And yep. uh, you will come down to Dublin. Thanks for coming down to us to share your story. You're a professional boxer and you're a youth worker and you're going through your degree at the moment. But you've got a background similar to myself in Timmy's. So before we go into what you don't know, we go right back. Do you want to tell us where you're from, what it was like growing up? Yep,
3: I'm Craig O'Brien. I was born in Dublin's northern city. And... Uh, in Henry Harry House, just off the back of Mountain Street there. I was born in 1989. There was four of us, four siblings, my mother and father, and it was actually one bed, and my dad partitioned it into a two bed. Is so that was, inner city Dublin? That's inner city Dublin, yeah. yeah. So it was a proper small flat. That was in 89, and we were there till '96. and my father bought a house in Mount Street, which is a stone trail from Henry Street. Yeah. And... Yeah, we bought we bought up there a bigger house. We all moved up there, and I was about nine or ten when we moved up there, and yeah, we moved up. I started panning around Dorset Street. I would I would I would have grew up in Henrietta complex, and which is only a, a little bit away. So we moved up there. Me and a couple of mates went up, and we started panning around Dorset Street flats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I grew up in the flats. Yeah, yeah. went to school in Brundick Street, which is just off North King Street in mm-hmm. the primary school. And went to the secondary school there also. And had you got a mother around at the time? Mother and father, yeah. Mother and father around.
2: Yeah. Mm. Were you boxing?
3: Well, I was football. Back then, you'd be mm. just playing football daily because it's all mm. you knew. Yeah. In the flats complex, you'd have a football after school. The first thing you want to do was play football. Mm. Last thing night, you'd be getting dragged in. Mm. You still want to play football? Know, know. Know. To be. Be you know what I I was, yeah, I was, yeah. I can still <laughs> kick a ball Did now. You play for a team. I played for Saint Anthony's uh, as a schoolboy till be about from about 10 to about 15 and we literally we literally won everything we, we good ballers one of, one of them up front was uh, Christy Fagan he yeah. ended up going to Manchester United yeah. and then he ended up back with St. Pats yeah. and Bowles just only sure. a few years ago mm. and he retired he's actually doing a physio now at the moment and my friend Glenn, who grew up with me in Henrietta Street, me and him, was we done everything together. Yeah. He was on the left side, I was on the right side of the front, that was up top. But yeah, we won everything through the school boys. And
1: school boys in Dublin is very competitive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah you've it, got Kevin's boys, St. Joseph's boys, you've got Terry the, Archer. The, the Terry Archer was the big some, team back some, in the day, of course. Some good teams. Yeah. Yeah. Wefta yeah. Wef- yeah. was
3: another one. Yeah. yeah, and then that team broke up then, and then <clears throat> we split up, that went to home Farm, and me and Glenn went up to Bowes, and yeah, Bowes was... With a good squad but Far Farm was just unbelievable. We we bumped in to get down in the league and it's just like right. beating three and four 0 you know, they were they they, they were right. top class boys like
2: you know. Do you know what we have we have a problem here and I'm say it's the same above in Dublin. Do you know a lot of our talented sports stars like footballers or boxers and stuff from fifty they go up as far as fourteen, mm-hmm. fifteen and it's just like it stops yeah. because of alcohol and drugs come into their lives and yeah. they lose their your motivation and inspiration to go on and, and, and get see, involved in
1: the sport it's talent is only half the battle you know when you have a lot of obstacles yeah. in your way you need that discipline don't you you, you do but mm. you also need a bit of luck yeah. and like if let's say if you're a, um, a talented soccer player and you're from Knocknaini mm. so that's where we're from and you're a talented soccer player, and you're from up oh, where where Spike lives, you know mm. with the big houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but as an example, like you know, you're less likely to be exposed to criminality, to drug use, to trauma, mm. and addiction, and violence, and all that stuff. But when you grow up in a in, in a in a state where you are, you have the talent, you have all these distractions as well. You might be in a home where you, there's only your mom there, and she's trying to look after mm. four kids, or maybe your dad is in prison, or there's mental health issues in the home and stuff like that. So. Young people from certain areas have a lot more challenges than others.
3: A million percent, and, th- and and what Timmy said before he finished the sentence, I knew I knew yeah, what he was going to say. Had someone in your head? Like. Absolutely, because yeah. I've I've been there and I say that nowadays, you know what I mean. And especially mm. through the boxing and mm. through the football, you see it, you see it daily when you know what I mean. With kids coming through the best of talent, and then just within them three or four years, the like yeah. for perish. You are me? Like what happened there? You know what I mean? Mm. One guy up the top me mind, I I won't name him. He I call him the Yank. That's that, mm. that's his nickname as a boxer. He now. And he's he's won literally everything. Yeah, he he went into like the senior championships at like seventeen, eighteen, and he's beaten all his, his twenty five and six. Yeah, and he was just top of the range. He traveled all over the world with the order squad, boxed the best of Cubans, you name it. And when he went twenty two, twenty three, got caught up. Went to a twenty fourth party, got caught up on the coke, mm. and one thing led to another. Now I still him He's forty five. He still yap all the time. He's tried to get back into it a number of times, but couldn't. But like if he'd have stayed on him on his career, he'd be so different, his yeah. life be so different the to what it is now, like there was a couple of was friends.
1: A label. was a, label. a couple of friends of ours from our area, Johnny Kennelly, Stephen yeah. Manny's Spike there was probably a far two back in the day, Spike. Yeah. But they were very talented and then they went down with a bit of a different a tough path. They're good now today, thank God. Do mm. you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you think like what could have been I know many box Roland as well, like so um yeah. You know, um, even
2: the soccer, even some some fantastic. Open, good soccer, at soccer as well. Yeah. I know, I know. Like the, we, there's a, one young fellow in particular. There, like he went, he was about thirteen and fourteen, going over to some of the big clubs in in, in, right. in um, not just England but also in um, in Scotland. And, Celtic. You know, going away and getting stoned the night before, you're getting on a plane to go over and go on trials and stuff, and. Um, there was a, a lot of young lads as well who would have went over and they got homesick, you know. And came home. They so. were gifted and they just came home and they they just kind of lost interest then because they knew that they couldn't be over there and and fulfil what they had, their dreams, you know, because their mammy, the Irish mammy, was back here. You know how that is, like, and um, it's it's a terrible thing to see, isn't it?
3: It is, and what James says, sometimes you need that discipline. Like, sometimes you, 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 see, you, you see kids that probably aren't as talented as others, but they stay in it mm. and, and a couple of years later they're actually doing very well or they're doing and you're like Jesus man that fella was like twice the player he was or twice the fighter he was and mm. he didn't make it but the difference is that little bit of discipline mm. that little bit yeah. of being grounded and staying in the gym and doing your thing. where the other fella then like you said mm. messing around beforehand thinking I'll do it next week the next week and then before you know it the year's just go by you know what I mean
1: your, your obstacles in your way as well in terms of you started dabbling with the drugs and stuff in your teenage years What was going on for you around that time and how did that come about?
3: Yeah, well, I would have started boxing. I would have been brought down to the boxing gym by my father when I was eight years of age. That was in, like, 98 or so. And I would have stayed boxing. And I would have had an amateur career of probably 80 or 90 fights up until I was 15 or 16. And then i just start, I was palling in the flats with the crowd, (coughs) not wanting to go training. I mean, my dad would be like, well, training a half, six. I'd be like, yeah. I'd be showing up the house. He'd be coming around, looking for me. I'd be hiding around the block. I'd be hearing him shouting for me. Be like damn, I'm not here to the lads, you know. Mm. knowing I'm not gonna go trying to go back at nine o'clock to be killings in the house. But you'd still do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, as time went on, I drifted away from it a little bit. I started wanting to be one of the boys. i wanted wanting to be in the flats. i wanted to be involved in everything. And it's just it's just part of the growing up as well, I suppose. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, we we started messing around the flats. We started drinking, probably smoking a bit of blow. Mm. Then one thing led to like sleeping pills. Mm. And there was a, there was a group, was, there are probably 40s in the flats, but there was a group of four or five that would would take a few sleeping pills and a bit of blow and go off and do a bit of robbing and stroking. And mm. count the stage where we'd be out, I was like 17, 18, 19, we'd be out from early morning, out, just out and about, just running through the streets. They smelled what the tablets and
1: stuff. From they, like yeah, yeah. Like. what yeah. yeah. the, the sleeping pills and mm. the, the relaxers, what they do, you don't give a shish, you don't. Full of confidence. Mm. You just you're just do yeah. and When When
2: you're young, when you're that young as well. There's there's something about that age where you haven't got to worry in the world and you mm. do whatever you want to do. You actually don't yeah. care about no yeah. one. And you're everybody
3: everybody has the best intentions for you yeah. and the best advice. But you're like, oh, you like I understand and know what I'm doing. Yeah. You're and still you going to do what yeah. you want to do, aren't you? You're taking you are and tablets not You don't realize when that you're so loud when you're on them and yeah. you're full of confidence and all. It's only when you're a little bit sore the next day that you realize, jeez, that was that wasn't me. You know, caused trouble for you at home then. Yeah, because like that James, I would have had a great upbringing, yeah. <clears throat> my, dad, my dad provided us with everything, my ma was great, you know what I mean, uh, yeah, we, we we would have had a great upbringing, but it was, just, it was just, I didn't want to listen, you know what I mean, now I had a brother, Clint, who, who, was, who was in addiction, he's still in addiction, he's 43 now, he would have been, he would have been on hard drugs, and that would have been in the family home, you know what I mean, so, it's probably in hindsight that Clint was on it because I didn't. I knew the consequences then mm. if I ever touched heroin or whatever it be. You know what I mean? Because later on, I end up in prison and stuff, and you'd see all that around you. Yeah. And I never, I never went near that. Thankfully, you know what I mean, because probably because I seen the damages I'd done yeah. to brother mm. and what was going on in the house. You know what I mean? But probably with him being on on drugs, it probably took the eyes off me a little bit, mm. as in the sense I was able to run that a little bit freer
1: and world, that that sense. you bring <laughs> up a good point there as well like it, you don't always have to come from a broken home to end mm. up in addiction mm. you know some people like have two solid parents a stable yeah. background and they don't have the poverty and the mental health and stuff like that but the, the, the child can still end up taking drugs and getting involved yeah. in st- stuff mm. because they spend a lot of the time outside the home especially when they come into their teenage years you know, yeah. and hanging around the streets and then when you're exposed to all that and then it's like that's pair great, pressure and yeah, stuff.
2: That's a great point because sometimes it might be just maybe that child lacks a bit of self esteem or mm-hmm. a bit of confidence, you know, or they just don't seem in. to fit in no. yeah. to a pair group and mm-hmm. pair group that they to do fit into then. Yeah. Are the lads, you know, and t- and then in order to fit into that group, you have to take this, you have to do that. Yeah. You know, to, be for the boys heart, to be respect you. Yeah, and it's, it's a tough, tough period of 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 life, you know. I I remember even even coming across ecstasy as a young child and 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 what it done for me the way it made me feel. It definitely definitely helped me to co- to cope with with, with this, the issues that were going on in my own life back then, you know, and. Um, makes a lot of sense. Mm. It makes a lot of sense today why somebody would use something to get through that part of a life. Like, when yeah. we get older, people use prescribed meds to, to be able to cope with their mental health. Today. Yeah. Back then, none of that. we we use stuff mm. like that as and, well. Like
1: and to get as through. well, when young fellows drop out of school, yeah. you know, the boredom as well, yeah. and the monotony mm. of getting up and not having that to do, the yeah. drugs mm. to kill the time as well. Yeah. Well, where was your school? <coughs>
3: I was never great in school I was uh, so I would have left prim- I would have left secondary school when I was 14 years of age I remember because we joined the local FOSS up on Henry yesterday and it'd be 15 to join there and I remember they took me a week or two before my 15th birthday so I would have fell out of school I didn't know junior certain school I would have done one or two subjects we're in the first place I was in I was doing uh, catering up there so I was doing the, the chefing up there and I was there till was about 18 or 19 Probably twenty I still have a good relationship with some of the people up there, some of the workers that come and support me in my fights and that nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was there for a number of years, so uh no, school school wasn't something for me and even when I was in school I was always suspended or sitting outside of my own or mm-hmm. from not being involved in the class and there was a group was there was actually actually had one of them on your podcast, uh, Paddy Higgins. Oh Paddy, Paddy uh, So I listened to Paddy's joke It was great to hear It was great to hear about him I play football uh, now and again With his brother I always ask how he is so. Paddy, you know, nice Gentleman Great singer gentle. as well Great on the guitar wasn't he brilliant,
1: brilliant singer <coughs> yeah. We got so many requests From people Looking to buy his CD mm. But he doesn't have a CD To, to, right. to sell but when he gets out, maybe yeah. he will. And you know, when uh, when he commanded the podcast, Christy Moore wrote him a letter and sent it to oh, him. Oh, shit, yeah. So you can imagine
3: man. The that would have given him. <laughs> <laughs> him. Up, uh, deadly. Great, raspy voice. Yeah. Uh, because obviously, I, I, I listen to his podcast, I listen to a good few and I see Paddy's name, I was like, Paddy. And I listen to it, like, fucking deadly, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but Paddy would have been in my class, and they would have yeah. been like, out 20, 25, so would have been four or five of us that'd be all together. Yeah, uh, and that just got me thinking as well, because there's Paddy. I was in prison, there's me, he was, yeah. I'm doing okay now, but I was. One of the guys died in the car crash from a robbed car, yeah. and then the other one or two was doing okay, thankfully. But, yeah, yeah probably probably from not putting the head down through school, it probably led me to be a bit wild then on the yeah. on the streets then as well, yeah. you know what I mean? You ended up in St. Patrick's. Yeah, so uh, when when I wasn't going to boxing, I was out, as I said, running the muck. We were getting involved in crime, robbing, stealing, and we were getting charge sheets, and eventually I ended up in St. Patrick's. I was about 16 or 17 uh i ended up there twice one for four months one for six months and then yeah and then i got my last prison sentence i ended up mountjoy when i was uh 20 i was there my 24th birthday mm. so that's 12 years now man yeah mm. yeah and what w- w- what was the time point for you how did you manage to move away from that type of life? I think I think uh, I think it was in Mountjoy because in Patrick's it was just like you know you know the way it is you you're like, you the prison and it's like you're you're killed out aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> like, like yeah. made you get it. The <laughs> Stripes <laughs> on your shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Man? It's something
2: you've strived for yeah. in, in your youth.
3: People are coming yeah. out towns. Oh, you're telling them is yeah. in prison. You know what, yeah. what I mean, man? But it wasn't until I matured a little bit. So I went through that phase. when I was about sixteen. I was about twenty-one or two where I was in and out of prison. Not caring for no one, you know what I mean? Fuck Mm -hmm. the police, fuck the system, all this sort of stuff. But yeah, before I went into prison, when I was 20, my girlfriend was three months pregnant. So I went in there and then I was there for nine months. She was born in January while I was there and I got out probably in March. So between Tasha having Hallie, it gave me a little bit of like, something has to happen here, something has to click here, you know what I mean? I might have been locked up my 21st birthday. I might have been in for Christmas. I might have been in my daughter's birth, you know what I mean, my first child. So... When I came, I was doing a lot of training there also. So as you know, there would not be a lot to do. So I was either school the yard or the gym, yeah. and I was just mainly in the gym probably twice a day even, and I playing football or the odd time going to the school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I knew when I came out, I had to, something had to happen. But even when I came out, I I, I was still smoking a little bit of weed and I was still smoking a good bit of it. You know what I mean? I I, I remember smoking good amounts. Of it. So I don't know where the changing point is. I know I went to, I I through tr- Tasha having the kid and going back to the gym on the outside. I went to the gym and the boys are lifting weights constantly and I was like, "I'm just the weights isn't for me, you know what I mean? There was a boxing bag in the corner, so mm. I started hitting the bag. Then I started skipping and we went to the gym. Instead of once a day, we're going twice a day, so I was getting more into it. I was less smoking mm. grass and getting involved in the outside. I was more in the gym, I was going jogging. And eventually after six, seven, eight months, I left that gym, went to another local gym beside me, that friends of mine owned that had boxer size classes. They got a boxing ring, they have all the facilities and I went up there and I was going morning time, evening time, probably jogging. And then there were sparring sessions on the weekend. So there's people coming in sparring. And we're getting involved in sparring. And I was like, jeez, I'm actually all right here. Actually, you had the talent I actually problem, still like. have it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, still, I still have it here. And we were getting fit in there. And then we were going sparring at the professional gyms. And we went to Celtic Warriors, which would have been Pascal's and Spike's gym. And we were out there sparring the likes of Spike and Luke. And oh yeah, I was sparring well out there. And we felt, I felt comfortable and I was like, Maybe this is something I could get back into. Uh, Pascal is
1: Pascal Collins, Steve Collins' brother. He is, yeah. For the people that that might not be aware, but you know when you um, do you know when you were boxing, like um, when you were talking there, it, it was a gradual thing moving away from that type mm. of lifestyle. But over time, you started to feel. This your day with yeah. other stuff yeah. that was more productive, do you know. Yeah, absolutely. and that's vital for people 100%. trying to move them. That cause if you're sitting around smoking yeah. weed, you're going in the back up on the sleeping tablets are yeah. back and yeah. will yeah. If you come com- continue that, yeah. you need something else: mm. education, employment, yeah. sport, family, kids, whatever. Yeah.
3: So I would have, they, they, I call them bad habits. You know what I mean? As mm. in the sense that like I, I would have went into the flats and. I'd be staying with the last for three or four hours and you'd be sitting there you'd be rolling splits and you'd be talking, you know what I mean, just doing nothing, you know what I mean? That was just and like you said, instead of doing that, I was actually going to an environment where I was training and I was feeling good and I was enjoying it. So the more I done that, the less I was in the flats and then I was with my girlfriend, the kid, and then before I know it, over time it just all changed, you know what I mean? And and you see it nowadays and I try it's it's easier said than done, isn't it? Because I try I try to explain it to other kids nowadays, the young people where I woke up Dublin, a eight, mm. you trying to say, like, if you could do this for two hours instead of doing what you're actually doing. Yeah it will benefit in the long run, but mm. yeah, it's, try, it's trying to get them to knuckle down into that, but you can see why people in NA, AA meetings and stuff, yeah. in, in in rehabilitation, go to meetings and that, because it's filling up that day, you know what I mean, it's you with people that's, in, that, that's on the same patch, you know what I mean? So, so when you went yeah. back
1: training and the boxer size and sparring and stuff like that, mm. how did your fight come about, or how did you get back into, was it a few amateur fights or?
3: Yeah, well it was actually, it was actually, uh, so where we were training up in Illinois, the lads was running, uh, it was there the Homeless World Cup, Oh yeah yeah. They were running the white Collar gig in the Bolton Hotel on the south side and they were training and doing the sparding up where we while we were helping them out. And I was actually, I was doing a bit of sparring as well with Tommy and Eddie Eddie Hyland out in Stag- Staggard, and I sparred one of their lads and they're like, listen, we can get you on as an exhibition on the show as a main event. So I hadn't boxed in years, you know what I mean? I was like Jesus, you know what I mean? It's already done in the gym. You're know, like going out in front of the lights, like it's a little bit different. But I was like, right, okay, and I was just rolled her, you know. And I went over and we we done an exhibition, we done three rounds. It was it was a it was a brilliant night it was, and that was in 'o fifteen. And then I would I would have stayed training there and went out to Celtic Warriors. I was meeting with the lads out there doing Spartan for them for their upcoming fights. And there was a show on the Red Cow. It was a small hot show. Tony Davo was running it. It was a uh, it was 0-15 it was also, and I, I went to Tony. Or someone's out to Tony, and he's like, it's the only chance of getting Craig on the show. And he's like, ah, the show's full up. I can't get him on the show, to stand, you. So I was like, OK, I forgot about it. But lo and behold, someone got injured I pulled down two weeks previous. And Tony came into the gym. He's like, ah, oh, Iron, how are you? <laughs> Didn't want to know me two, two uh, weeks previous. You know what I mean? Came in, yeah, what's the story? Uh, you can get on that show now if you want, he said to me. And I was like, oh.
0: at Greenlight.com slash ACAST.
3: Jesus, man, you know what I mean? But my coach was there, he's like, yeah, do, well, let's do it, let's do it. I was fit? Yeah, I was yeah. uh, Back then I was, like, fully training, you know what I mean? I was fit then, you know, so, uh, yeah. And in the space of two weeks, I went and got medicals and got trainers and got me licence and everything. And then before I knew it, I'd done a far-round footy, professional you in mm-hmm. the red count and it was just the maddest fight and the maddest night ever so that was first, your first fight yeah four rounds like 24 rounds it was just yeah. never it was, yeah it was never ending, man you know yeah. what I mean and there was so many people there I must have been like 150, 200 people and because of a small hall show, like this would be the ring and there was no one at the side of it. so they were all nearly in the ring as well you know what I mean everyone was fucking I oh, was hitting your man he was hitting me they were roaring and shouting and it was just yeah it was mad it was but then that's yeah that's how it kicked off mm-hmm. what age are um, you I was 25 then Okay. yeah
1: how many fights How many professional fights have you had since
3: so i've 13 professional wins and i think i've 13 12 or 13 professional wins and three losses mm-hmm. no i've 12 so Yeah, have 15 fights 13 wins three losses i to speak speaking uh, the other day um
1: and it was around your most recent loss where pascal pulled you out of the fight but it was a bit mm. premature do you want to talk to us about that and how you felt
3: yeah, we went to Milan on a, on a big show, I was on the zone in uh, Italy, uh, October last year, uh, me, Pascal, Spike was over there, there was a good crowd was over there, and I boxed this fella, no, no me, 16 and 0, we went to the way and we did, right away for the way and so we arrived, and the Russian was up, and you were next to the way. and I was like, okay, we're going to the hallway, and there was this guy facing me, big, fucking huge fella, I was just seeing his back, I was like, Pascal is that him he's like I don't think so I looked around it was him. I was like, how is he making light middleweight this fucker was huge boys anyway went in done the way and I was looking up at him. I was like fucking hey man he's big next night got in the ring Bell went It was a night round contest and I was, I was boxing on my skin I was just boxing on my skin I had his number he was lost in the fight I could see it in him as the rounds went on every everything he had I had an answer for you know what I mean but on the inside I was like he was strong on the inside he's a big unit but now I was I was I was good on the inside. I was beating him on the inside. I was beating him on the outside. Everything was going with the plan, and he can't. wear a big right hand to be fair, uh, in the center of the ring, I he dropped my left hand. He can't with a straight right hand, and I went back onto the ropes, and he jumped on me. Now when he jumped on me, so I'm here, he's here. His back is to Pascal, so say you're Pascal James, and he couldn't really see. He could just train throwing shots, but I was blocking and waving, and I was grand, like I was grand there. And then as I st- I kind went up a as he st- I was like, I wait for him to stop. And I'll jump on him. So I corner went up, I cut, and I torn him. But as I turned him, the ref put his hand in. I was like, what's up? And he's like, the tail was on the ground. I was like, oh, no way, man. Pascal got the Yeah, he was at the hit with his best shots. I was like, oh, I'll have him now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I was going to get him on the ropes and let my shots go. And I was just in that moment, yeah. If, if you see the video, I was like, for fuck's sake. I was gutted. But in hindsight, Pascal, I know Pascal years, he was looking out of me. He thought I was hooked, you know what I mean? Boxing boxing's a cruel game, like, you know, people... Last weekend was a fine America, and a guy got stopped in the eighth round, and he, he he's, I think he's still in a juice comedy, You know what I mean? So,
1: well, it's very, I thought it was very noble the way you took it, and how you spoke about Pascal, thinking like you were desperately disappointed and at and the day, but you knew Pascal had your best intentions at heart, mm. and that's very important for you mm. that you feel protected and you've ally you've yeah. hit, you've lied towards him, and contrast, it now with the anti no, no, it's the world titles involved yeah, there. But he, like, he sacked his manager and stuff like that. He had mm-hmm. blood coming over his ears. was in a way worse condition than you. Mm-hmm. He was out being dropped a few times, you know. And he got, mm-hmm. like, you could have easily sacked your manager and people would be saying, fair play to him, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you're stuck with Pascal and Pascal's stuck by you. But I feel like from meeting yourself, meeting Spike and meeting Eric, there's a there's something about you all. Like, you know, you're all nice fellas. I'd say there's a first loyalty amongst you all yeah. and you have each other's back all the time. Yeah,
3: yeah absolutely. And and that, that would have been last year. I like for, for the four or five years previous, I've travelled around the world with Spike and Spike's big fights with, with him and Pascal and the team. You know, And I've seen Pascal with commissions where I've seen other managers and coaches and they t- the commissioner tell them this is the way it is and they just say yeah, it's completely different like you know he's mm. up there fighting against 15 blokes for his fight like, you know what I mean mm. if, if, if he thinks he's right he let you know like and just just before we went out that night in the arena the guy came in that works for one of the commissions and hand us the gloves Pascal, like that's killed he's like where's the other opponent's gloves because I meant to show you, you know. Mm. He's like, Oh, he's like, Well, where are they? He's like, Oh, they're in the other, other dress room. He's like, Well, can you go and get them? And he sent the fella around the other side of the arena and he came back with them and he checked them, you know. So, yeah, I've seen Pascal, he, he, he looks out for us, you know what I mean? And as I said in, in, in hindsight, he was he was doing it for the benefit of me, for my family. Like, it, it, it takes one shot, James. Mm. Yeah. And if I'd have got if an extra two shots even though as I said all you him was about to tournament even if another shot or two would have came mm. it's that one shot that could have done the damage yeah. and but
2: there must be he, some pressure on the coach as well you know because yeah. he's responsible for you as well in one, in, in one sense because yeah. if he feels the need to throw the towel in to protect yeah. you because he like in, and as you said your man was a beast as well as he be, be yeah. he was a big big fella but you knew that you had him but yeah. He probably thought like this fella's heavy here, like
3: And I think I think I th- and to be fair to Pascal, then he was gutted. Even that night we went out, it was like yeah. he went back to the hotel and I was like, Listen, pop down, you know what I mean? He was feeling it. And I think social media, that's the other thing with live events. Social media blew up and was like, Yeah, well that I'm shouldn't right. have been a stoppage, you know what I mean? He I mean, should have never done that and he came out the next day on social media himself and like was just yeah. explaining the situation. But yeah, yeah as I said, I've been around Pascal for five, six yeah seven years and I know his intentions and mm. I have a young family you know what I mean and yeah. life ahead of me and as much as we love boxing it's second to what we do you know what I mean exactly 100% yeah and, it's, and I was hurt and just on that I, I boxed in the old arena back in 'oh eighteen, and I, and I got caught I got clipped with one shot and I was gone yeah. and I was hurt that night you know what I mean and it was only when I came out of that TKO I was like you know what you held your Weltman. man you know what I mean you, you think of you, you'd see you'd have knockouts but this was a fucking devastating knockout Mm. And it's like you held your well so I can I totally understand where he's coming mm. from.
2: How does a, a boxer feel when they get knocked down? Like how 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 do you come back from it mentally, no, f- and physically? How do you come back, Greg? <clears throat> yeah,
3: there's the, the that's one thing with boxing, like unless unless you may, whether there's highs and lows, if that makes sense. Like yeah. he's forty four now, whatever he is, you know what I mean. But yeah. like the the game or the end and the level that, like it's you, you're gonna get highs and lows, you know what I mean, man, and then I, my first loss was that TKO and I was flying before then like I was like 8 or 9 and all. I was at the win the B O Y title and the Irish title and the opportunity came out three months later at the fight Anthony Fowler on a matchroom show a pay-per-view show big event I was like lovely I want, I, I want this you know what I mean I went to pass I went to like Craig you're on a good role here would you not wait for probably 12 months that's the experience you know what I mean would you not wait for 12 months mm. get a couple of more fights and that fight would still be there if you I was only 29 at the time bro. I was like 28 29. I was like. Oh, I want that now, man! I could just see myself fighting that. Won't yeah. happen again. Yeah. But in hindsight, fast forward a few years, now I know with the experience, that would have happened. So maybe I should have waited then. You know what I mean? And let and and built more and then had that fight. But I didn't. I went in the deep end. What a great fight! A six rounds an eight round fight. We bulked her off the stills We went straight to the center on the sixth. On, on when the bell went in the sixth round, and he went he fainted for the body, and I went like that. But he came straight over the top and boom yeah. the chain. I couldn't I can't even remember. I was I was only when I you back. What, but what's your best win today? Or what's the standout moment in your career? Uh there's a lot of standout moments, you know what I mean? But maybe the Irish title I won uh live on TG4, there was like 20,0, 30,0 000 watching it. It was a 10 round fight That's in the right. in the stadium with uh, army fans there, you know what I mean? So maybe that was the highlight. Mm. But maybe the TKO was, was the low was the low point as well. Mm-hmm. But as like I said, listen, it's highs and lows and from where I came from, James, previous, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just like I'm winning in life, as in the sense, yeah. like
2: <laughs> you have a second life.
3: Yeah, man. I, 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 only thing I used to think I was playing, getting up and taking tablets and running through the streets, and yeah. not not occurring in the wards. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. now we get to travel the world through boxing; it's been great to me. And yeah, we go again November 19, and this could be this could be the last rodeo, and hopefully we get a good run of it in the in the capital because we've been lacking boxing yeah. down south. Yeah, and uh, the last
1: few years you're in college at the moment, do not you?
3: Yeah, I'm in college, yeah. In the past few years, I've picked up, doing you know, some... What are you doing? Well, I've done a level five in community addictions for drugs and alcohol with Euros up in Ballymun. And then there was a diploma in connection with UCD on a level... It was it was a diploma for community drug addictions, and i done that. But it gave me a progression route when i done that to go into policy and sociology. And I was like, you jump... It's a three-year degree, but you go to year two. In UCD, is it? Yeah, in UCD. So it was a bit of a no-brainer to go for. You know? I mean, it was an extra two years, you know. And then college, yeah, it's great, man. It's a, when I first started, it was brilliant. The novelty. The novelty be so <laughs> rare. Yeah. The idea of getting a degree is great. But yeah, the is fucking hard work. Yeah, though. man. It's, yeah. And it's full-time, you know. But once you have it,
1: you have it. And that's nobody yeah. can ever take it away from yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then even something to fall back on after your career as well.
3: Even coming to it, like, at home, like I'm sure he's, I'm busy. I'm constantly busy. We, it was not with the kids and going somewhere and here. and. Suppose was like, we come down to Cork. And I was like, Do you know what? Going down there in the train with two hours and, tra- and two hours back, and might actually get a bit, of, bit of work on the laptop. So I was doing yeah, an assignment yeah. on the way down today, and I'll, I'll do it on the, the way back. All your, ki- your kids, Uh I have four kids. So Holly is eleven. Yeah. Craig's ten. uh Darlet is four, and now it's thirteen months. You
2: know, you know them looking at you now, going to college. Yeah. You won't know. You won't understand the meaning of that until yeah. they get older, because they'll understand now that the next step in education after secondary yeah. is college. Mm. You know, and... it
1: Be the most natural thing in the world for me. Exactly. World, eh? Like,
2: even my own mm. family, we never even finished secondary school. None of us finished yeah. secondary school. I, mm. I, I, your story's so similar to mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went yeah. into Utrecht as well. Yeah. Um, at the age of... Um, I have got thrown over school in third year, and it's exactly where right, I right. had to go in there to get the foundation levels... The equivalent just to get me over the line to do a trade. I was 15. But when I went back to education and my daughter was looking at me and I was really focused and knuckling down and... it's difficult now too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But the talk then started going on in the house... Yeah. No, what are you going to? No, she's fifteen and she's starting to save for her
3: accommodation for college when she amazing. goes. Amazing! So it, it's
2: the carry on effect of it. Yeah. It's amazing. What you don't believe? What you're giving your kids is absolutely yeah. fantastic.
3: Yeah, and 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 I think that is because, uh, Timmy, because like obviously we, when we grew up, we didn't have responsibilities. Now we have yeah. kids, and and I know it's like going through them years. You know what I mean? And I said to Halle, like, I was like, Why can't I be in your aula Trying to implant, like, you know what I mean? A bit yeah. of college, bit of this, but. She's down to dancing, and she loves to dance, and so I think she might, well, she said she's going to become a dancer teacher, but I would love for them to do something like that, go through college, and education nowadays is, is the way forward, isn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? And you, you just hope that your kids have a good life, you know what I mean, if you down the right Absol- path, because it's so easy to go down the wrong path, you know what I mean? It is,
1: yeah, and I've heard you speaking as well. Like You've lost a few friends along the way as well, as we have as well, but it's just, you know what, it gives you, it gives you a bit of, you know what, I'm, I'm a bit of gratitude for what you have yeah. today. Yeah. I mean, you have your family, you have your health. You're fighting in uh, your professional box, or you know stuff you dreamed of. You're, mm. you're going to college. You've got a bright future. Whatever happens in the fight, you're yeah, going absolutely. to well for yourself.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And like like Timmy said, the little the little fella, he's doing football. I have him up doing boxing one night a week and they're going to come to the fight. Be, they, they would have seen me on the telly and stuff, but they're going to come to the fight and they're going to let them carry a belt each into the ring and stuff like that. So it's little things like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so amazing. It, it'll make that night, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, listen, it, it's good. It's, gr- it's good for them to see that, you know what I mean? And hopefully, uh, hopefully, as I said, as they get older, they yeah. follow. Him, but do, you know know, the
1: do you know when uh, when you've come through some hardship, I would I think of, uh, do you know when Eric Donovan fought there a few weeks ago, he won the EU title on uh, TG Cahaw, he was in a bad way in that fight uh, you know and your man hurted him badly mm. but he he wasn't like he, you know if he went down into the stool and didn't come out we'd have all said okay. fair enough You have had a great performance but mm. you were badly hurt but he gritted down on the gum shield and he just swung and you now he said in his post fight interview I just said to myself this is tough now, Eric, but just get through this, and you never know what happened in the next round. You never know. And then that round was tough, and then you never know. But eventually, you turned it around. But there's a bit of that when you've come through the lifestyle that yeah. we've come through. It's like, prison is shit, Patricks, and the trauma, and the addiction, and all that shit. But you don't give up. No, Still, you yeah. go, go again. You go again, another sentence. Of, I'm at the fucking yeah. up again. To get thrown out of school, you're back home at the relapsing. But you go and you go and you go and I think you'll have that over your opponent. Yeah. You'll be yeah,
3: absolutely. Yeah, I, I relate to what you're saying. He gives you that little bit of hard hardship, isn't he? You know, mm-hmm. like uh strong minded, you know what I mean? The, the toughness. Because, yeah. as you said the experience through life builds you builds you off of that totally understand where you're from. It's up, from like it.
2: it's it's like we've often said this before, it's like Mike Tyson. Right. You know, like he, he, he said his someone to be a boxer, James. Remember we were saying that story? He's someone yeah. to be a boxer and he says, You can't be a boxer. <laughs> You had a cushy life. Your life was simple. Imagine you going into a ring with a fella like me who was out robbing fucking houses and robbing people at the age of 11 and 12. Yeah, absolutely. He says, no, you're not getting into a ring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 it's like, it's the toughness and the rawness and, 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 and it's just that that little bit of anger and rage that we have from the yeah. real tough upbringing. Mm. Bring that into a ring. You know,
3: yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, there's no doubt that about works it.
2: It's an advantage as well,
3: doesn't it? You, you do feel you have that, and you know what I mean. That you can rely on that because, as I said, like all, all them experience, being in tough situations and stuff, and where you are now it's like you you, you can you can relate to what you're saying. You know I mean?
1: remember Spike saying to us the last time actually when uh, Spike had his big fight, he he's he's big win over in America. Who was that fighter against Spike? You beat? you you stopped him in Amer- it was America. What was his name again? Antoine Douglas, yeah. Mm. But uh, Spike was saying to us that when he was sitting across knowing he's still looking at him or in the corner when he said... Spike would have been running up and down the hill over the airport, which is tough hill in the freezing cold and the rain, doing chin ups off a lamppost. And he, when he was looking over there, and he was thinking, he's after been training in the sun over in LA. Yeah, 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 I know yeah. he didn't go through what <laughs> I went through. Yeah, you know what I mean? But you're going with that that mentality, yeah. like he didn't have what I have. I've had a t- I've had a tougher route to here, and it's going to show him when it comes to it in the ring. You know, but that, it's psychology is the part to yeah, boxing. Yeah, isn't absolutely, it
3: absolutely, yeah, Be- benefits you. Like there's no doubt about it. You, you know what yeah. I mean? So.
2: Do you know, it's a great example of that. The Rocky movie when you have Mr. T training in, in the gym in the middle of nowhere and they're Rocky up on the fucking stage and he, he's getting all the photographs done and then he's yeah, taking a yeah, break yeah. and he goes into Mr. T and Mr. T pokes him all over the ring. He yeah, battles yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, the hard do you know, And he reverses that. And um, so it's,
1: it's but there's yeah. loads of examples of it. Um, Dustin Poirier training in the gym and then McGregor is out in yachts and then when they went mm-hmm. to the octagon, do you know you can't, you can't fucking, you can't relax on it, mm. because the the ref- if you're not, yeah. if you're not trained, the way you should be, your opponent is, yeah,
3: there's no so shortcuts, no. in the game, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. when you go, six in the morning, I go by seven, and go running, at six, okay. but yeah, like, you know what I mean, you, yeah. there's no shortcuts, you need to put it in, because it all shows, you only get out of, what you put in, you know what Absolutely. I mean? I think it's like that nearly in all all walks of life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you,
2: Yeah, in business and sports. Yeah, like even college. Yeah. You
3: look col- at college, yeah. like if like I could be like if if, if I was to study for an extra six, four hours, whatever, a day, I'd be hitting A as A pluses, but like, realistically I'm probably happy to be getting B's because there's so much going on in life. Yeah, but you know what, yeah. what I mean, you only get out of what you put in, you know what I mean? So, prioritize. Yeah, you're trying try to balance everything nowadays yeah. You know what I mean, James? Do so.
1: you know, if, if I uh, said to you um, If I gave you a crystal ball What's your five-year plan? Where would you like to be in five years? Or what would you like to have achieved in the next
3: five years? In, so, just in just in life or in, in boxing? In everything? Yeah, well, just to be healthy would be one uh, Have a head of hair would be another <laughs> 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 No, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to get a good run, a good run at the boxing What's probably. the
1: realistic goal for you in the boxing, do you think?
3: Probably an EU title yeah. Similar, similar to what Eric had, you know what yeah. I mean, there's, it, there's, there's no reason why not, if we can get shows on, as I said, it, it starts, there's a good good card on now, The November 19th, it's sold well, hopefully we come back again mm-hmm. in March or April, and probably get a couple of 10 rounders, and an international title fight, or a neo title fight would be brilliant, and then, I know, well, the rumour has that like Katie Next Taylor uh, is going to our park. park, that's yeah. a stone trial for my house, it'd be amazing yeah. to fight on that then as mm-hmm. well, so, yeah, boxing wise is great, but yeah, just in family life, just to be good, kids to be good, everything to work out. Graduation, mm. graduation coming up next September. Yeah, yeah, probably. I'm doing, us. I'm doing two days, no yeah. chance. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing, two days work yeah. now uh, with Salas, and yeah. uh, in Dublin A. how everybody in Salas? Yeah, yeah. and Troy Tiger sponsor youths, That's who we, that's who we started yeah. with. So they merged with Soy in, Febu- in February. So. I'm over there doing 15 hours, so maybe if I get my degree, I could bump yeah. her up to probably 25 or 30 hours. And
1: You'll listen. The work will fall in the door for you. Yeah. And you're not know, doing stuff yeah. like this, you know, media stuff, because you've all delivered the experience mm-hmm. and the academic experience. You'll have the, the professional experience. And the organisation will be, you know, be lucky to have you. And you'll get gigs, talk, coming. in. Uh, can we get Craig to come in to talk in our school, our mm-hmm. club, our organisation? Do you know yeah. those little things then, do you know? Well,
3: I, I, I try to give back, you know what I mean? Especially yeah. especially around, as I said, my brother is yeah. well, a drug addict, you know what I mean? He's, he's doing well now at the moment. I, I would have lost a cousin t- to drink at 38 years of age. So yeah. I, I try to give back around that. It's t- TRP and Tala, Tala t- Rehabilitation. Yeah. I've done a of size up there. Volunteer work for 10 weeks there in the summer, you know what yeah. I mean? So... Yeah, I try to give back and try and, and, and try help them out when I can, yeah. but yeah, the likes of all that work, it's great. It's something I enjoy doing, it's something yeah, I enjoy exactly. helping people out with. And hello
1: to your brother, I hope he, hope he finds his way. Yeah, yeah, uh, clinch, yeah. he was on the main spike earlier in the car, he
3: was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair play. To him though. Fair play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. No, he's doing well, he's doing I well. I did
1: also. a small bit of work with Canal Communities Drugs Task Force, which is up in Dublin 8 as well, some talks and stuff like that. So, a um, lot of stuff going on in Dublin 8. Pleasure talking to you, Craig. Yeah. yeah. Thanks very much. Best, boys. For your pleasure, pleasure best of luck here. for your college and uh, best of luck with everything. Yeah. And uh, we'll follow your progress over the next year or so. Yeah, yeah.
3: thanks a million lads. Really appreciate it. Nice all to about all. God, God bless. Thanks.
0: Thanks, boys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.